welcome to SolkanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to SoconaCast episode 42, Bone and Bone. Yeah. I'm one of your hosts, Hannah Whitevin, owner of Sulcana Fitness and Wellness in the Seward neighborhood of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah. Sunny Minneapolis. Oh my gosh, finally. And I'm Lucia Hawley, nutritional therapy practitioner, running my practice out of Sulcana Wellness, also owner of EssentialOmnivore.com. Um, we also have in the room Dulce, who does not want to be recognized nor speak. Uh, she's our new intern yay welcome welcome yep (laughs) so today uh we're gonna be talking about bone stuff we will so exciting and i just got back from vacation so my brain doesn't work (laughs) perfect that's always the best way to record a podcast i think yeah seriously you're a little bit less stressed out you're just talking what you're gonna talk about i'm just like sort of going with the flow of life yeah hannah's just kind of rolling on the floor right now yeah i'm like laying down (laughs) um anyway how was your vacation it was great update well it was great two places i went to costa rica and i went to phoenix i went to costa rica for two weeks and it was so nice it was like it's just so much great outdoor stuff to do Mm -hmm. they're very hot on the ecotourism scene do you know that 99 percent of their energy comes from renewable sources i didn't know it was that high i actually knew that it was really high but not yeah. like almost 100 percent. yeah they don't use any gas or coal wow that's crazy that's inspirational so anyway <laughs> I mean, it's a very small country but well, and they have like abundant sun yeah and water but yeah. that's besides the point i got to see the rainforest <gasps> and the cloud forest how do and you how do you see the cloud forest well, it's a forest at higher elevation. Oh. It's close to the clouds. Oh, my gosh. But there's, and it's slightly different um, precipitation. And I guess in the cloud forest, 70% of the plants don't grow from the ground. Get out. They grow from each other. Oh, facts. Yeah. <laughs> That's <Yep>. great. <laughs> so that was cool. I got to go zip lining. I went parasailing. Mm. I swam in the ocean. I got to do a homestay with a okay. family cool and watch some dancing eat all the food yeah yummy yummy great. stuff there mm-hmm. what, what were some of the foods i'm always interested like every every morning for breakfast they have gallo pinto which is like you know rice and beans yeah and like, plantain sweet plantains and uh, i always use i usually get eggs and ham mm. it's yummy. like very filling breakfast yeah very savory yeah lots and lots of breakfast so mm-hmm. and like coffee all the time because that's one of their main exports sure sure so i got a lot of coffee every day yeah that is delicious mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then and then phoenix yeah good it was good phoenix was good it was just like a desert you know just like being in a desert but i went to the frida Kahlo exhibit while i was there awesome. and it was so good yeah it's really good it's like the only time that the it's the um Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera exhibit. It's yeah. the only time it's going to be in the U.S. Interesting. So I got to see it in Phoenix. It was awesome. Wow. Yep. And then, good. and you were in Phoenix teaching like an improv workshop. Yeah, I was actually just performing improv. And so it was kind of extra vacation because I didn't even cool. have to teach. Oh. I thought we were going to. And then we got down there and my improv <laughs> partner was like, nope, we don't have to. <laughs> Surprise. Like, oh. Okay. So we just hung out Aww. in the desert sun. Love it. And watched... Uh, other teams perform and did a performance ourselves. Good. Yeah, it's great. And while I was gone, I found out that we got voted best gym in the Twin Cities wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. by yeah. the City Pages. So we I'm sure super did. excited about that. Just goes to show all the hard work and amazing people who help make Sulcana possible. That's right. <laughs> you and also all the dope members that we have. That's right. <laughs> who are maybe listening to this podcast right now. Maybe. Thank you so much. We love you so much. Thank you. And if you're listening and you haven't come yet, hey, maybe this is the encouragement to do it. City Pages likes us. Yeah. If you like City Pages, that's great. We're, we're a good place full of good people just trying to be healthy and stuff. That's right. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, so that was my last two weeks. I just feel like uh, I've been sun-soaked 
and dreaming. And now I'm just back. And it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, nice outside. to come back to routine, but also tough, I'm sure, to kind of come back to Very reality. Sleepy. Very sleepy brain. <laughs> That's okay. How was your last two weeks? <laughs> last two weeks? I feel like it's almost been three weeks. Um, last two weeks were really good. Right before Hannah, you went out of town. I went out of town um, down to Salt Lake and had a vacation myself for a long weekend, and that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, got to see a lot of snow in the valley, surprisingly, but then also like it completely melted and cleared like up. warm snow? Yeah, like warm snow, like the kind of snow you want, the kind that we don't get in yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. So that was just awesome. Um, and then I've been back since, and um, what? I had like some tidbit I wanted to share. Oh, I got, so whoever is listening, you out there, you probably know that I'm into this thing called the fascia blaster. <laughs> oh, God. Talk about that so much. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. I can't take a break this winter. I got um, their newest product called the face blaster, which is like a mini fascia blaster. And you can use it for like joints or like your neck and stuff. And I've been going to town with that. And it's been feeling so good. Do you also do it on your face? I do it on, I do it like around my jaw. So like up onto like my face and like where like my neck meets the skull. But I have like, uh, it's a whole different subject for a different podcast. But I've been trying to figure out, again, more of my health stuff. And there's a lot locked up in my jaw. Yeah. That's why it's been hard to talk sometimes for me, which is great. For a podcast. (laughs) For a podcaster and someone who talks for their job. But uh, the face blaster feels amazing for that. Ooh. Yeah. Face blaster. Sponsor us. (laughs) It's such a weird name. (laughs) I really don't like talking about it just because there's blaster in it. Like, what is that? But that's, yeah, it's it's fine. It's a self-massage tool. And there's like, okay, that doesn't help. That doesn't help. Well, you know what, Hannah, I'm just still going to call it a self-massage tool for my face. Okay, great. (laughs) Great. That's great. So let's talk about bones. Oh my gosh, let's do it. Oh, by the way, great app last week. Thanks. Love that. Yeah. Had that my was awesome to listen to. Good old friend Liz on. So many great questions mm-hmm. from our, especially our um, Sulcana Nats or Sulca Nats. Uh, I like Sulcana Nats. Sulcana Nats. <laughs> it's like, psych. Just kidding. No, our Sulcana gym members had a lot of really great questions for mm-hmm. Liz. And she chose a few of them. And as happens with so many of her interviews, I felt like the hour was up. And I was like, Liz, I could keep you on for at least another hour. So. Um, for those who listened, she'll be back. Good. Yeah. I liked it. And I want to meet her. Yeah, totally. She needs to come. She's not here. Isn't that a bummer? She yeah. needs to come to Minnesota. Huh, come on, Liz. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we could just go visit her. That too. It'd be great. Yep. So yeah, let's talk about bones. Yeah. I'm going to start. Go I'm going to start this week. I'm talking about bones. You know, because I'm going to talk about bone density, which is, th- is a term that's thrown around all the time when people yeah. talk about Uh, body health and specifically when they talk about lifting and what you should do to make sure that you stay healthy and one of the it's one of the reasons that people cite all the time for women to lift weights right if you read an article that says you know top 10 reasons why women should lift weights there's always this thing about bone density listed Mm -hmm. so uh we're going to talk about what it is and what they're referring to in those articles and if it's backed up by science and if so how (laughs) Let's learn. Okay, bone. Okay, bone, we go. You can tell by the way that your body works that bones provide structure. (laughs) Otherwise, we'd all be puddles. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) They provide the structural support for your muscles to hang out on. They also do this really important job where they protect all your vital organs, (laughs) like your rib cage, for example. Yeah. Protects all that stuff inside, including your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And... They also store calcium in yep. your body. Yep. Take it out of your bloodstream and they put it all up in your body. Yep. Uh, so those are the very basic things that your bones do for you. Uh, that calcium thing, that's an essential factor f- that it is involved in the bone density uh, that we're talking about today. And bone density, when they're talking about that, they're actually talking about mineral density. Yeah. So you can think about that calcium... Living inside your bones um, and being used to either make more bone mass or make less bone mass. And bones are super interesting because they're actually, just like muscle, they're in a constant state of flux. They're always being broken down and repaired 
same as your muscle and frankly the rest of your body which is good i think that's an interesting point to make just that alone i want people to understand that because i i often feel like we conceptualize our bones as pretty static unless we break them right and they're not they're actively removing dead cells and replacing them uh, and and regenerating all the time um, new materials so that's actually the process is called remodeling that process of repair breakdown and repair so there's two different types of things in your bones that work mm-hmm. for you. Your osteoclasts and your osteoblasts. Yep. That's fun. <laughs> Face blaster. Yeah. Osteoblaster. Osteoclaster. Oh. Osteoclasts <laughs> are the breakdown and removal. Um, and osteoblasts are for depositing new bone. So they work in tandem. And obviously you want to get those osteoblasts going. So you can improve bone density, but you also want your osteoclasts to break down and remove bone because they do break down and help you regenerate. You can't have you can't have growth without some sort of breakdown. Yeah. That's just a life lesson. <laughs> right there. In order to grow, you gotta change. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so shortly after you go through puberty, you're at uh, peak bone mineral density, mm. which is why I think people think that it stops then. You're the process of remodeling stops but it doesn't it does continue but right after you're done with puberty that's when your uh your your bones are at peak density so that's the density that you're trying to maintain from there on out so that's going to be different for everybody but um ideally it's within like a safe range that Mm -hmm. prevents you from having breakage and provides the most support so the process from that supports the remodel is regulated by a couple of factors, a few factors, but specifically the two we're going to talk about are physical activity and hormones. Mm-hmm. So hormone system, which I'm sure you know all about. Well, again, I just like, I feel like you're dropping all these like uh, knowledge bombs just by associating different terms with mm-hmm. our skeletal mm-hmm. system. Who'd have thought that hormones are telling our skeleton and our bones what to do? I know. Of course. Of course they are. Yeah. It's obvious once you say it. It's true. You totally think about your skeleton as something that just like is inserted in your body and yeah. then is the only thing that lives after you're gone. Right. But um, it's it's totally a living substance mm-hmm. as well that changes as you grow and as you age. So uh, the hormone system that actively changes and remodels your bones is directly sensitive to calcium levels, which is why I think there's so much or cause you know causal or coincidental conversations around like milk and taking calcium supplements yeah. is because the amount of calcium that's in your bloodstream contributes to how much you can actually deposit new bone in the system mm-hmm. and to what kind of hormonal reaction you have to help that process go along right. when those levels are too low the osteoclasts are activated and then can help you know can cause decrease in the bone mass and when those blood the blood calcium is high the thyroid releases this thing called calcitonin (laughs) you know all about that yeah you got it a calcitonin (laughs) and that actually activates osteoblasts and blocks the osteoclasts Mm -hmm. so that can help you create better bone deposition and i feel like that's kind of a weird that that whole summary of how calcium blood level works is what can be misleading for people because then they think, oh, well, you just have to drink milk, <laughs> taking calcium through milk, and you should be fine. But that's not necessarily the case because that taking in a lot of milk, especially the type of milk we drink in the U.S., is going to alter your hormones. Yeah. <sighs> so it would just be easier if you ate kale, is my point. And, yes, kale is an amazing <laughs> source of a lot of minerals, especially calcium. And also you want to think about the cofactors that you need in order to really be absorbing any minerals like calcium as well so what is your digestion like what's that hormonal status like what's what is what balance is calcium in with magnesium that's right so So it's not it's not as easy as thinking well if i have low bone density i'll just inject myself with a bunch of calcium through milk or even (laughs) or like bread or whatever other things are fortified now with calcium it's not as easy as just thinking you should take more in but it is an important factor when when doctors take blood tests they are looking at your calcium numbers because that that is a major contribution to whether or not your bone density will continue to be good or bad as you get older so that whole process is really affected by hormones and um 
that's why as we get older, we tend to see a big change in the way that our bones look and act. So in women, um, estrogen ten estrogen tends to inhibit activity of osteoclasts and therefore helps us retain bone minerals. So when our estrogen levels decrease, like after menopause, then we're going to see less prevention of osteoclasts um, and, you know, more breakdown happening when estrogen levels are lower. And that's the same thing actually in testosterone, although it's uh, it's not as clear why that's the case, but that it, there's a connection between as uh, men age and their testosterone levels lower, then they may be more prone to also having lower bone density. So I would be curious actually how that would contribute if you're taking some hormones, like if you are injecting testosterone or estrogen, or if you're taking estrogen through birth control, if that would maybe change that as you age instead of having that dramatic drop off postmenopause. And I know that that's one of the therapies they use for postmenopausal women is to um, actually take birth control or some sort of like hormonal hormonal replacement. Uh, so that's that's a piece of that too. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that losing estrogen affects, not just your bone density, right. but I guess I would I would be curious what would happen if you or how it would affect your bone density if you're taking estrogen as a therapy when you're not in postmenopause. Mm-hmm. So either like if you're using it for a transition or you're using it for some other form of therapy, right? Yeah, it's just something to think about. Sure is. I don't know. Hormones are I don't know so, the answer to that. They're so hugely powerful, and they also work in concert. So, yeah. you know, adding in something like estrogen or progesterone or adding in testosterone or being deficient or not having the enough quality fats to have those building blocks of the different hormones, they're all going to be, like, kind of playing with each other. Mm-hmm. It's like a team. Yeah. So your your hormones have a big effect on whether what your bone density looks like. And that's why we see more problems with elderly people. Mm-hmm. Lower your bone density, the more likely it is to break. Um, there's two two levels of it. Osteopenia is the, the mild reduction of bone density. And then the one we all talk about, osteoporosis, is the severe reduction of bone density. And that's when we see people who fall, just take a spill and then shatter their bone. Or are, you know do something very minor and accidentally break a bone. Mm-hmm. So that's when you have super, super low bone density. And that's scary. That can set you up for, you know, if you're older and you fall and you break your hip and your hip takes a really long time to heal and you're having to be more sedentary. Yeah, or you get an infection. You get an infection. Your immune system is heightened because it's trying to fix something and then it's lowered because it's working on this long systemic thing. It's kind of, it can get kind of scary. Yeah, definitely. So falling and breaking your hip when you're elderly is not the safest thing it's different. It's very, it could be potentially very dangerous. Yeah, very different than um, accidentally like smashing your pinky or like yeah. breaking a toe exactly. when you're not older. Exactly. <laughs> Even if you're older. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things, one of the major things they talk about in terms of increasing or maintaining bone density, because you don't necessarily, like maybe you're a young, healthy person, you don't necessarily need to increase, but you definitely need to maintain bone density, knowing you're constantly going through a remodeling process, or maybe you've been off the fitness train for a while um or you've been very underweight for a while so Mm -hmm. you haven't your bone density maybe is a little bit lower you're just dealing with some hormonal imbalance um there is definitely a way to increase that bone density before it becomes to a point where you're in serious trouble and the best way to do that physical activity yeah not necessarily taking those like chocolate flavored calcium chews right (laughs) though though (laughs) including some supplemental calcium could be good maybe in in tandem with some other things increasing the amount of calcium you're eating can't hurt you Uh, but physical activity is going to be a major help to increasing bone density yes and why why might you think that that's the case because physical stress on the bones will help produce more of those osteoblasts very cool yep which uh, favors bone deposition versus degradation. So if you're just like with muscle, you're if you use your muscle in a hypertrophic way, then you're going to break down tissue and rebuild it. Can, you, it define, grow. can you define hypertrophic? Oh, you know, a bunch. Yeah, cool. Perfect. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Use it a lot, break it down uh, and rebuild it and you'll gain more muscle. Same with bone. Mm-hmm. Use it 
often stress the bones out. Obviously, you don't want to go around smashing your bones, just like <laughs> whacking them against the wall, trying to increase stress. That's not helpful. <laughs> trauma is different than stress. Yeah. Uh, just keep that in mind. Getting punched in the cheek is not going to help your bone density. Um, but maybe some cheek exercises over time. <laughs> right. And Big also, smiles. Yeah. And um, a difference between like kind of that adaptive stress and yeah. something like a stress fracture. I right. Think that's, yeah. That's or like a car accident. That's not going to help your bone density. Right. So physical activity, major increase. So um, the, by the way, the, the way that they measure your bone density is through this thing called the DEXA scan, which is sort of like a x-ray and the place they primarily look is at your hips and spine mm. because th those are huge contributors to how you function they're right. also sort of like the canary in the coal mine because mm. your wrists and ankles could be affected by other reasons right you might have um arthritic pain that leads to some bone loss in those areas your hips and spine are going to tell the story pretty well yeah um so there was a study done at the u of m and they found, they did, basically they took a group of elderly people, specifically of elderly men, and they looked at two different types of exercise and then a no exercise category. So they did moderate intensity exercise, which is like machines, static machines, and then they did high intensity exercises, which is functional movement mm. under weight. Oh. And then they had some people who had no, no exercise whatsoever. They found that both the moderate intensity and the high intensity folks had increased bone density and bone health um and that there was a higher incidence of bone of increased bone density in the people who did high intensity fitness love it and mind you this wasn't over that long of a time i think it was only like it was less than a year cool so imagine if you're doing high intensity fitness over a long period of time right knowing that it's going to give you more feedback than than uh, moderate intensity and this is and really, it's like they took these elderly folks and they put them under, they made them do lunges with a five-pound dumbbell. It's not like the high-intensity exercises were so much more heavy than the moderate intensity. Yeah. It's that, that they were functional movements and there was some um, weight included versus like on a leg press machine. Yep. So, yeah, that that's great. It's very profound. That is very profound. And... The other reason that the high intensity exercises were yielding better results is because people also had greater increases in their lean mass and muscle strength, which is going to help support the bone and prevent it from being doing 100% of the work of supporting your body structure. It's like your whole body is one whole body. It's like yeah. the whole body is one whole body. Yeah, exactly. If you're a big, big old bag of bones, if you just have, if you have very little muscle mass, it doesn't matter how much bone density you have. You, If you're only supporting your body through your bones and no muscle. Yeah. Yeah, or your other f tissues have poor health, then everything's going to be paired up with one another. Right. So, you know, these high-intensity exercises can help increase muscle mass, help, you know, increase blood flow, lean mass on your body, lower body fat, and then increase your bone density, and bada-bing, bada-boom, you're right. living to a thousand. <laughs> you are set. <laughs> you are the king or queen or something of the world. Yep. Of course, it's not always easy for old people, elderly people, people who have low bone density in general to get back into fitness. Mm -hmm. It's kind of intimidating because, you know, usually if you have osteoporosis, you also have some other issues that you might be noticing, like kyphosis, some stooping in your upper back. Right. Maybe you have lumbar lordosis or some, some other things that are painful. So there's going to be a lot of exercises you want to avoid. But I want to be clear. Sometimes when I think, I think when people talk about um, exercise for people who are elderly, exercise for people who are dealing with bone or structural issues, they often use the term low impact. <laughs> and, no. and I just want to think about what the word low impact means. So like low impact, I think people interpret that to mean don't do much. Mm -hmm. Don't do anything that would potentially cause you to bend or support weight. But yeah. that's not what that means. Low impact means don't jump a bunch. Try not to go for a five-mile run right away. Mm -hmm. uh, don't do exercise where you are slamming into things or like putting a lot of pressure in really rapid ways on yeah. your body. That doesn't mean don't lift weights. It doesn't mean um, don't elevate your heart rate. Like th those are all – that's a very different thing. Mm -hmm. Low 
impact means like don't jump don't maybe don't do box jumps it right. doesn't mean that you still can yeah don't run around don't do yeah. jumping jacks not right away right that's not the way because like i said trauma versus is versus different than stress mm-hmm. if you're have if you have problems with your bone density and then you just start jumping that's too much trauma on your bones right. and it's going to cause you something like a stress fracture it won't be adaptive until you work up to it exactly instead focus on being in a position that you can control in a functional movement with weight on your body so squatting lunging doing step ups instead of box jumps with yep. some weight a bench press cool. deadlift weighted planks maybe mm. crawls other body weight, not non-spastic body weight movements. Yeah, yeah. So push-ups, sit-ups, anything that's not going to put a ton of pressure on your joints in a way that's uncomfortable for you. All of those things can be exercises for the elderly slash people who have osteoporosis early onset maybe. Yeah. There's no reason to prevent yourself from doing things that are helping your bones grow. It's good. It's good. And we so often get so far removed from the fact that we're – our our bodies were created to move. They evolved to move. Yes. So they respond well to movement. Yeah, movement is going to be therapeutic. And really where the mindfulness needs to come in is, okay, which type of movement? Mm-hmm. Not the fact that it should be yay or nay movement, but let's be really specific about why we're moving. Yeah. And they're typically going to be, just like you listed, a lot of different options that fall into whatever category you need. Yes. So it's not like you can blame. I can't blame like my parents' generation or the generation before them for for not understanding these things because exercise is has been a very misunderstood thing for a long time. Especially you can't blame your mom or your grandma because they were told basically not to exercise. Right. Everyone, up until the 90s, you were basically told not to exercise if you were a woman. Yeah. And Just shake around on a machine a little bit. Yeah. Ugh. No. So... <laughs> Help them out. Yeah. If you're a young one, like under 50, and you know someone who's over 50 and they haven't been introduced to this idea of of resistance training, you know, weight lifting, functional movement patterns under weight, under duress, help them. It doesn't have to be help this like young buck thing too. I think people right. see like CrossFit and they see a bunch of young people doing things that look crazy and they get this idea that it's only for a certain subsect of people. Right. Not the case. But imagine <laughs> if you kept lifting weights into your 80s. Imagine the suppleness of your tissue and Ooh. your spine. Just imagine being able to stand up, sit up straight mm-hmm. when you're 85 years old. How cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. If you could do that. Well, here's one way you could do it. <laughs> you can't you can't live forever, but you can feel good when you're living. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. There's some <laughs> ways to do it. I mean, you certainly it, and also increasing bone density doesn't have to to necessarily do with um like whether or not you're at a certain body weight. You don't have to be ultra lean. Right. In fact, some people who are ultra lean have less ability to maintain bone density for a lot of reasons. It could be uh, lower estrogen levels, just uh, more, like I said before, more pressure on the bones themselves because mm-hmm. there's not as much support in other areas. You can increase your bone density at any size, at any age. You just got to lift them weights. <laughs> and it, as granted, when you're older, it's not going to happen as quickly. You're not going to see improvements overnight. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. It, it will still be creating a response in your body yeah yeah and, gu- and guess what you only have to do it a few times a week because you can do it and then you can recover yeah it's efficient do it and recover do yep. it and recover very true you know there's some really cool videos too of like and i i don't have their names but like some um there's this woman who like started at, i think it was at like a crossfit in yeah New she's York. like a 77 year old powerlifter won state championships or something like that yeah there's her and then there's like this woman who rediscovered she wasn't really she was probably somewhat athletic but wasn't didn't consider herself an athlete she had a twin sister i think her sister passed away after that and that was in like her 60s she was inspired to become a bodybuilder oh yeah and then she did yeah she's and a she's, 77 year old bodybuilder yeah and when you one. when you were saying like you can be supple and you can have this you know you can feel good in your body you can sit up straight that's who i visualize yes she is so capable in Mm -hmm. her body and she and now she can do things like in that video she's running so she can do higher impact exercises now that she has created the support in her body right so she's not just starting from square one thinking okay i'm gonna go out and run a mile today she started by lifting slowly 
and in controlled way. You know, when you squat, you don't need that's not a lot of pressure on your bones in a way that's bad for you. Right. That's good. It's yeah. good for you to feel like you're under duress. And that study that you uh, cited and mentioned, we, we were saying there was like a five pound weight involved. Well, it's just a low, the low weight exercises. Right. They weren't, they didn't start people off, you know, with 150 pounds on exactly. their back. Exactly. Right. You don't have to start at some, you don't have to do a 200 pound squat and yep. think that it's all or nothing. If, exactly. you can't, if you can't, quote unquote, get to that, then you're not doing any good. Exactly. Not the case. Exactly. Oh, bones. I know. So that's my little section today is to think about your bone density. If you're not lifting weights, you really, you know, should consider it. (laughs) Do you have a challenge for people? Oh, let's see. Well, actually, yeah, I think my challenge for people would be to talk to somebody um, who is older than you. And quite a bit older. Don't approach somebody who's like 34. <laughs> Say, have you heard about weightlifting? Um, approach somebody who's older than you, maybe someone in your family who um, doesn't have any sort of resistance training practice right now, and talk to them about it. See, talk to them about like if they've noticed any changes in their in their body, if they feel like their bones are more brittle or more susceptible to to breaking, and maybe give them some some hot tips. Yeah. Just a little bit of weighted exercise or even start off with just body weight squats. Mm-hmm. Add on a couple pounds as you go. And that isn't something necessarily that you have to do in a gym. No. Right? No, absolutely. Just hold a soup can at home if yeah. you want. Hold a jug of milk. Maybe drink it. Maybe not. I don't know. Get some calcium from some kale. Kale's not very heavy, though. So, yeah, hold a, hold a couple cans of beans. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But that'll make a difference. Yep. Anything you're doing, your body's probably going to be responding to. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So what you guys tell me about bones? Um, So I shifted away from the structure of bones. I could talk about more about those like cofactors and minerals, blah, 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 blah. But I actually wanted to talk about bone broth because I feel like it's so trendy these days. It's so trendy. And I find that. Liz is talking about her daughter loving bone broth. Yeah. I was like, yeah. wow, how'd yeah. she get her to do that? Oh my gosh. And also Liz, so Liz Winters from our uh, my interview last week, Liz made this batch. She was, had these Instagram stories. She made this batch of bone broth and she was like, I think it was from Beef Knuckle. Um, I think that's what she said. But she had this batch and she must have thawed it out. And it was like, I mean, one, like when you're making bone broth and you get into the trend of it, like something that a lot of people hope for is that their bone broth will gel when it's in yeah. the fridge and that you can, you know, almost like open up the canister or mason jar, turn it over and it won't just like slurp out. That's showing that there's a lot of collagen and gelatin in there. But her stuff was so gelatinized that she had to like chip it out with a knife. So it was almost like Jello Wigglers giving it to her daughter. It was really cute in the video. And her daughter was like, yay, more. She just <laughs> eats it like that? She just eats it by like the fingerful. Yeah, Ooh. totally. She doesn't have any texture issues yet. Nope. <laughs> but I think, Yikes. And that's a really cool thing about introducing those textures at a young age. Yeah. Right? It's just being like, here it is. It's on your plate. Like, you can give it a shot if you mm-hmm. want. It's pretty umami and If you and don't flavor. like it, you know. Yeah, and it's salted. So often, I think, if kids are given the opportunity, they can really gravitate towards it. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so bone broth, we're seeing a rise in the incidence of foods being used in kind of more of a therapeutic sense, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So bone broth, I think that's why it's becoming so trendy, is that people are saying, hey, here's this new drink and like yes you can buy it and we can now market it yeah but yep. also the you can re- make it really easily too yeah also the reason that we're marketing it is because look at all these health promoting factors in it right so it's like we're moving out of like the yogurt generation and we're moving into the bone broth and fermented vegetable generation that's what i feel like um so what is bone broth doing it's doing lots of good stuff um what is bone broth bone broth uh, stock, just broth. There are different terms for it. They have different actual meanings, and whether you're in like a, a kitchen, a restaurant kitchen versus your home kitchen, those meanings will mean different things. But I'm calling all those bone broth. What that is is bones and parts of animals, and maybe some vegetables too, and other flavoring agents that are boiled in a liquid, aka water. And the idea is that AKA we're water. Where the idea is that we're leaching out over that cooking and boiling period, we're leaching out minerals and um, cartilage even breaking down 
collagen and gelatin, these things that are in the bones and the joints of the bones as well, leaching them out into the liquid and then drinking that liquid Mm -hmm. for those positive effects that they're going to have on your body. Um, So what are some of those things that are in the bones and the joints too? going to be stuff like minerals. Fancy that. Just what Hannah what was talking you know? about. So calcium, magnesium, different trace minerals, um, collagen. So I'm just going to list these off and then we'll talk about the different, why we care about these things. Minerals, collagen, um, hyaluronic acid, glucosamine, and cartilage are going to be some of the biggies. There are lots of others, but we're just going to cap it at that for now. Um, as well as trace amounts of easily absorbed from the protein, too. Mm-hmm. So some people like to think about bone broth as being protein sparing. So you don't have to eat tons of animal muscle meat if you're getting in enough bone broth because it has these, these nice forms of more broken down types of protein. All that jazz. Anyway, so minerals, why do we care? Bone health, yes. Um, minerals are also very helpful for any of our neurological health. So mental, mental as well as actual just nerve conduction too. Um, sleep. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe we don't always think about drinking bone broth to help us sleep. But you it's know. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be a factor. Um, and just generally feeling well rested and relaxed and able to be in a parasympathetic state, which is that rest and digest mode. So don't use it to wake you up in the morning? You could. It's a nice warm <laughs> beverage in the morning if you're trying to opt away from coffee, yep. for sure. Because mm-hmm. um, some of us are. Right. I wouldn't say um, bone broth is drowsy making versus some reason that someone might be taking something at night to help them sleep. Bone broth is going to be more holistically uh, relaxing okay. because it's providing those minerals that help our bodies to relax. So something like magnesium. So magnesium um, is kind of psychologically relaxing, but also physically relaxing. That's why people take Epsom salt baths, because we need minerals. Most of us tend to be walking around fairly mineral deficient. Oh, no. I know, because when our bodies are more stressed out, when our blood sugar is fluctuating rapidly up and down throughout the day, spikes and drops, when we're running off of maybe not enough sleep, mm-hmm. when we're emotionally or financially or whateverly stressed out. Sounds like everyone I know ever. <laughs> Sounds like kind of that American dream of doing more and being more and always feeling like you're not enough, mm-hmm. right? All that is putting our bodies into a stress state. And with that, we'll be using more stores of our minerals and of other different nutrients because we're trying to always replenish more quickly. But we don't even know that. And typically, we're not eating enough to um, kind of counterbalance that. Right. So another reason bone broth is great just for that. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) Um, A side note, I started the Essential U201 class this past weekend. And our big focus is just all about being in a parasympathetic state throughout the whole course. And I'm so excited and geeked out about it. And I felt like everyone was also excited about it, which like made my heart explode. Josh told me about it. He's like, we're meditating at the end of every class. (laughs) Well, okay. Yeah, because I want people to experience like what is a parasympathetic state? Mm -hmm. I say the word enough. Hopefully people remember it. But like. I don't even know. My body is constantly in fight or flight. Yeah. God, I get so much done. Yeah. I think it's really cool that you'll say that, too, because I think a lot of people don't want to admit that. Right. They're like, I'm relaxed. I'm fine. I do all the things. I do self-care. I do it well. I do it every day. I do it hard every day. I do (laughs) yoga. I stretch. I eat well. (laughs) I hate it. I'm so relaxed. I call my mom once a week. I'm doing great. Oh, man, let's take a breath. Yeah. Let's find more of that true and authentic parasympathetic state. It's going to look different for everyone. I think I had it for a couple of days on vacation. Dude. Just at the end. Yeah. After being there for six days, I was like, all right, I'm relaxed. And then I had to get on a plane. It can take our bodies a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something we actually need to work for, which is almost ironic. Yeah. I felt that, too, when I was in Utah. I spent two days like really kind of checked out of like Minnesota world. And I, as someone who talks about being in a, or talks about trying to be in a parasympathetic state and is like such a geek about it, I was like, oh man, it's a deeper state than I wanted to realize. I'm not hitting it as much as I hoped I was. So anywho, bone broth can tie into this. So um, moving away from minerals, 
collagen is going to be that other factor. Collagen, of course, is going to be great for skin health, for suppleness, for hair, skin, for hair. Skin That's why it's nails. so popular. Bone broth is because it makes you look shiny. Yeah, <laughs> a shiny coat. That's why people will feed it to their um, dogs or creatures too, so they can have. I a, bet like a shiny you would coat. love it. Totally. Can that be my challenge this week? <laughs> yeah, that's your challenge. It's been decided. Yay! <laughs> you have to make sure when you're. I'll ma- take a video when you're making it. Um, I wouldn't boil that broth with like onions because onions are tough for dogs. So okay. make sure it's pretty much just bones, maybe a little bit of carrot. In there, I might buy some from the co-op. Yeah. First. Yeah. Start there. Yeah. Totally. Make sure I like it before I make like two gallons of it. <laughs> right. Um, and it's awesome that we are now able to be able to buy bone broth at stores like that really easily and have it be high quality. So what else? There's hyaluronic acid also going to be similar in what it's doing for skin health and eyeball health. Eyeball health. We know to help create these structures that are in our bodies. Um, glucosamine, glucosamine chondritin, also, uh, something that people supplement with pretty specifically a lot of people take it they'll actually give it to dogs for maybe dogs that are becoming more arthritic um, or if someone is experiencing more joint pain themselves it's a factor that they'll take it along the similar lines of collagen is going to be helpful in restructuring and kind of filling in any of those gaps that might be occurring in our um, joint areas not necessarily bones also helpful for bones but in more of that kind of softer more manipulated tissue and then finally glucosamine is also helpful for our gut health as is collagen as are the minerals a whole package we're always breaking down stuff into like their little factors but they're all part of this bigger package yeah what do you know right create just like us (laughs) bone health versus like total body health it's going to be part of the same dialogue. Yep. Um, so that gut health, what are the factors that are coming in? That collagen, um, forms of different amino acids that have been broken down well, those are all going to be soothing for the gut lining. So if someone has a gut that's inflamed, maybe because of some Franken foods or more mm-hmm. highly processed foods that are difficult on the system if we can help pluck those out for a little bit add in a therapeutic food like the bone broth to say hey body you're getting what you need mbt dubs you may be getting this extra little boost of soothing as well just a little extra juice yeah not too shabby so lots that we just covered for anyone who might be mineral deficient which i am just gonna say i feel like it's a lot of people um, anyone who might have inflamed guts, also just going to say it might be a lot of people. Everybody. <laughs> um, a lot of us can also just benefit from an increase in liquids that we're drinking, um, especially liquids that might be a little bit more saline and have some mineral content. So they're a bit more like an electrolyte drink. You might not think of bone broth as a replacement for Gatorade, but it kind of sure is. is. Pickle juice. Yeah. You know, I'm always talking about, I'm always repping pickle juice. <laughs> Get that pickle juice. Yep. Totally. Not too shabby. Take a pickle shot and then mm-hmm. chase it with some warm bone broth. Gross. <laughs> it sounds so gross. <laughs> we'll have to do it next week. Um, oh, that God. being said, who should have it? Who shouldn't have it? I don't believe in shoulds, but most people, bone broth, as long as you're open to eating the animals that it's being made from, because it is an animal product, so it's not vegetarian, it's not vegan, um, it typically will feel just fine for most people. Uh, the people that I would maybe caution away from it, uh, caution away, yeah, caution away from it, would be people who have issues degrading histamine. Mm. So maybe they're having a lot of allergies and they notice, well, the mo- more bone broth I get in, the more my nose kind of feels stuffed up. That could be an issue. Or for someone who might have an allergy to the animal or the protein that is being used to make that bone broth. So right. if you have a beef sensitivity. Don't drink beef bone broth. <laughs> maybe not beef bone broth. If you're allergic to shellfish, you probably don't want to have a, uh, a shrimp stock coming in in some gumbo, right? Like, <laughs> not like it's, it's kind of, it's easy to follow along why yeah. you should or shouldn't have it. And just, it's always going to come back to being tuned into your body. So yes, this funny, like, liberal society might be pushing bone broth as a health food but if it doesn't feel good for you that's okay yeah it's okay you can get this stuff from other sources yep that's the beauty of food you know it's a fad (laughs) but it's a good fad yeah yeah it's a good fad that can apply to a lot of people if you fall out of that sphere of people it applies to 
no big deal. It's okay. You can, you can hop on. on another fad like kombucha or apple cider vinegar. Sure can. Or fermented <laughs> vegetables. Um, so how do you make it? Lots of different recipes. I'm not... It, you can go to my blog, essentialomnivore.com, if you want a few recipes. Otherwise, general idea is that you're putting bones in water. You're boiling them. You're flavoring them with maybe veggie scraps, um, like carrot, onion, and celery are pretty typical. And then maybe putting in things like peppercorns or a bay leaf or some herbs. And how long do you leave it to cook? Like 24 hours? Sure. So that'll depend on what you're cooking and how big the bones are. Um, if you're doing something for like a like a chicken bones or turkey bones, I usually think, well, it depends how you're cooking it. So if it's on the stove top, it's going to take longer. Or if it's in a crock pot, you can have it go for a really long time and not be worried about it. Um, typically, I'd say like six to eight hours okay. for those types. If you have like a big beef knuckle and you don't have like a pressure cooker, that would take, I would say, at least 24 hours. Okay. I would also add in an acidic medium into that liquid to help break that start that breakdown process. So apple cider vinegar. Or lemon juice are two good ones that most people have on hand in the kitchen. Okay. Just add in like a tablespoon or so. It's not going to make your end product taste like vinegar water. Right, right. But we want that because what are we trying to do? We're trying to have it be therapeutic. It's also we're trying to get out more of the flavor from the bones too. Because so, then it's extra yummy. Yeah. And ideally you want to be enjoying what you're eating. Otherwise, don't eat it. What's the point? <laughs> yeah. Your body's going to be like, nah. Thanks. No thanks. So because it's so trendy, you can also buy it in a lot of sure can a, a lot more stores these days. Sure can any co-op will have it. And it's not that expensive. Uh, it's more expensive than it should be, but it's not that expensive. Any store is gonna have different types of broths. Um, you can think of like classics like Swanson's chicken broth, but I'm gonna classify that in a different arena than more of this true kind of homemade stock and bone broth. There are way more companies that are making and marketing their broths as bone broth too, like hopping on that health trend. So if you are buying it in a store, check out the ingredient label. The ingredient label should be the same thing that you put in it at home. The bones, maybe some herbs and vegetables and water, and that's it. If you notice something like a yeast extract or Mm. MSG or a lot of sodium or other flavors or colors, caramel color, steer clear from that brand because they're not actually keeping in those cofactors that make it healthy. Right. They're They're dying it. They're dying the salt water. Yeah, they're dying it and they're adding in things to make it tasty instead of letting it be naturally tasty Mm. because real broth is naturally tasty. Yes. Um, uh, Also to answer, going back to your question about how long to cook it, if you're making like a fish stock or like a shrimp stock, those bones or shells are going to break down much more quickly than something like a big beef knuckle. So those I'd probably cook for maybe like at most an hour or two. Otherwise, your stock might actually kind of turn in flavor and stay cloudy and not be kind of what you want it to look like visually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, my last tip with bone broth is make sure that it's being sourced well. Just like you right, want to be eating, I suppose. Yeah, just like you want to be eating grass-fed ideally, pasture-raised ideally, so you're getting in fewer toxins from these animals. These animals are happier, they're healthier, they have a better um, fatty acid ratio, probably more omega-3, all that good stuff. When you think about the bones, that's still going to apply. Because it's a whole animal, and just like we're a whole human with our skeletal system. What do you know? So looking for, like I said, local, pasture-raised, happy. You're boiling down these factors of an animal, so you want to make sure what you're boiling down is actually what you want to be putting into your body Mm -hmm. in this concentrated source. So my challenge to everyone, well, my challenge to you, Hannah, is to feed feed, some bone broth. I'll also have some. Um, Start with a lower amount because introducing any new food for a dog. Yeah. It's super tiny amount. Yeah, super tiny amount. Also, it, depending on if you've made it at home, it can be more or less fatty. So if you make a bone broth at home and you put it in the fridge, the fat will rise to the top. You can skim that fat off and save it to cook with or use it in other areas. But I would skim it off and then give Petey some of that bone okay. broth so he's not getting a ton of fat because that can be tough on the doggy digestive system. And a little dog body. Yeah. Otherwise, my challenge to other people is if you haven't made bone broth at home, what are you waiting for? It's really easy. You can even, (laughs) I feel like my easiest tip is go out, get a rotisserie chicken from the co-op. Usually not more than like eight or nine bucks. It's a pretty good deal. Eat the chicken. Save the bones. If you're eating it with someone, say, hey, I'm going to save your bones. Okay. Take those. 
If you don't want to make it right away, put the bones in a baggie in your freezer. Throughout the course of the month, when you're making something with carrot, onion, celery, and you're chopping off the ends, you're peeling them, save those scraps in that same bag. When you have enough to fill a crock pot or a stock pot, put those all in, fill it up to the top with water, bring it up to a boil, bring it down to a simmer, and then add in any herbs that you want. You mm-hmm. don't have to, but you could. My last, last tip, because I just thought about this too, I'm not a fan of salting the stock when it's cooking. Sure. Because you're at that amount of liquid and the ratio of salt to liquid will change depending on how much it boils down. So when I make a batch of bone broth, I only salt the actual end product that I'm using it in. Okay. Otherwise, you can make one batch of a really salty stock and one batch of a not very salty yeah, stock, yeah, depending yeah. on what you're cooking, and it kind of gets messy. So salt at the end. Make it from a rotisserie chicken if you've never done that before. Go ahead. Give it a try. You can do it. It is easy. Add a tablespoon of vinegar. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been another great episode. Sure has. You've listened to Bones and Bones. Bone and Bone. <laughs> bone and Bone. Bone and Bone. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you have questions about something else in this world, then you should ask us. If we don't know the answer, we'll find someone who does, like Liz. Yeah. Or someone else, great. So you can uh, tweet at us at Solcana Podcast, or you can send us a Facebook message or yep. post on our wall, uh, Solcana Cast on Facebook. And you know what? In the meantime, you can go ahead and go to iTunes and leave us a little a little dangle review. Sure can. We'd love that. Whenever you do that, we also might mention you on the podcast. Yes. So you get a little shout out. Shout out. Yahoo. Um, we'd love that very much if you'd interact with us socially. Because otherwise, it's just the two of us. <laughs> in a room. Sitting in here. With again, Tool again. Size here too. But, Yay. Uh, and Petey. They're both asleep. On they the are. Yeah. So they're like, we're over this. <laughs> uh, so much better than school, right? <laughs> Anyway, thanks again and always to Taj, who lives in my pocket and reminds me of all the reasons why I'm special. Yeah. Thanks, Taj. That's Taj. Uh, Everyone else, have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time on Sulkanacast. See ya. Bye. Sulkanacast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit sulkanacast.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at sulcanafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.